All right, here we are again, two guys, one spirit. Praise be to God, Oliver, that the Lord has brought us back together again. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for this uh, gathering, for this time together with you, John, and with uh, the listeners out there. We appreciate you all joining us in this conversation, and we pray that you know God speaks to your heart and um, just moves you in a powerful way today. Amen. Amen. So what do we what do we have on on tap today, Oliver? Um, well, I think you had come up with this, or you were. This was in you about you know time heals all wounds. Ah uh, yes, time heals all wounds. I'm sure anyone listening has heard this phrase before. I think it's you know I think it's something that we say um, you know perhaps even as uh, someone that might claim to be a Christian um, or someone might say if they're atheists, but I think it's, it's, it's perceived as something that is, um, you know, a positive thing to say to someone if they're going through some hard times and, uh, to, you know, empathize or just show, you know, to kind of console, um, you know, someone that is close to us, whether it be a family friend or relative, but, um, you know, I think the Lord kind of just put that in my heart because, you know, if you really think about it, you know, obviously us being Catholic, being Christians, Jesus is really the only one that heals, right? So if we, if we, um, you know, don't involve him in our life, in our daily decisions, so we tend to make the same errors or mistakes um, out of ignorance or out of rejection of God, then how can time really heal our wounds in that situation? What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think in that context of time heals all wounds, uh, time is the healer. And from a Christian perspective and looking at the Bible, we know that God, that Jesus is our healer. Um, I just pulled up uh, Exodus 15, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. He said, if you listen closely to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do what is right in his eyes, if you heed his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will not afflict you with any of the diseases with which I afflicted the Egyptians. For I, the Lord, am your healer. Oh, that's powerful. So in this verse, in scripture, it does not say that time is the healer. And come to think about it now, you know, I'm 42 years old. And that's a lot of time. It's most of my life here on earth. And the wounds that I have are not, I'm not healed from them yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. But I, what, I, what I could share is that uh, in the last, or one of the last episodes, I talked about going through uh, Encounter Ministries and signing up for that inner healing and freedom session. And just in that session, um, what I carried with me for 42 years 
uh, I think two things, you know, Jesus was able to show me wounds and he was able to help me start the process, if not heal from the wounds that I had uh, carried with me since um, childhood. So that's kind of a testament that, you know, time doesn't heal, but it's Jesus is heal. And my, if I'm going to have a choice between having time heal me and having Jesus heal me, well, as a Christian, my faith should be in Jesus and not in time. Um, I think time is what the world will promote because the world doesn't know Jesus. And, you know, what what God talks about is contrary to what the world um, teaches. And again, that's why it's important that we know God, Jesus, and the Bible versus what the world teaches us about God and Jesus. Because then we'll end up with things like, you know, time will heal our wounds, which is, again, contrary to then why would we even need Jesus, right, John? Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And man, I, I, that scripture, praise God for sharing that because, you know, I, you know, what kind of crossed my mind um, as you read that was, you know, what he had mentioned, the afflictions that he had basically um, given to the Egyptians. And obviously the Egyptians, you know, you're someone that does, is not familiar with the, uh, the Old Testament at all, but the Egyptians don't worship God the Father, right? They they have false gods that they worship, and so, man, like we we you know we behave, um, you know, if we're if we're if we call ourselves Christians or if we're atheists or whatever the case may be. Um, where we just don't worship the Lord as, as we are supposed to, then we pretty much can think of ourselves as those Egyptians because we have replaced the true God, right? The Holy Trinity. We have replaced with whatever, like whatever it is in our lives that we are, you know, we have placed in our hearts as our, as our treasure, as, as whatever it is that we worship. And so the Lord, like you, like you mentioned in that scripture, you know, he's going to permit afflictions to, to come upon us because our true identity is obviously being his children. And, you know, it's like, I love how, you know, in your, in your journey, Oliver, you have shared how for you, like part of like your conversion, you really kind of you know, saw God as your father and any good father, you know, I'm a father as well. And if you're a listener, you're, and you're a man and you have children married. Um, I mean, you're, if your children do wrong, they do bad things. Like we have to punish them. Like we, we have to discipline them. So, um, you know, that's, that's what I was like, thinking about as you read that scripture is like we you know we basically put ourselves in a position to have all these afflictions in our lives and and, and suffering in our lives we i mean there's suffer there's gonna be suffering regardless whether whether we're with god or without him but but um at least with him we know that jesus will heal us of any wounds that we may be carrying and um you know most for for many of us if we never come to the lord 
we go to our grave with those wounds. So time, time definitely does not heal those that are like my wife's a nurse or she's a registered nurse and she sees people essentially on their deathbed in, in the hospital. And she can see the difference between those that have the Holy spirit in their hearts and those that don't. And it's, it's not pretty, it's not pretty. It's not a pretty sight for those that, um, may have thought that time would heal their wounds and here they are, you know, on this bed, lonely, no family visiting, whatever the case may be. And, um, it's pre it's a pretty sad, pretty sad story to, to kind of think about, um, the lives that we end up choosing for ourselves if we don't accept the Lord Jesus into our hearts. So one of the, uh, the wounds, I guess that I, kind of carry is um, from my relationship with my dad and not that it was intentional on my dad's part in parenting me or being a father to me because I just think that you know he was doing what he thought to be the best for me and my brother and my sister so I, you know, I in a way I don't really hold anything against him but you know there are things that I kind of wish that my dad kind of did with me I don't know like spend time or um, hung out more, answered questions, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then I, as you were talking about God, our father, it made me reflect on a situation or not situation, a conversation that I had with my brother years ago, kind of at the beginning of this journey, I kind of asked him, you know, like, what, what do you think, uh, your purpose is here in life? Like, what do, why do you think God put you on this, uh, in this world? And his response was, I think God put me on this earth to be a good father. Mm. And so I thought to myself, hmm, okay, you and I, we both have the same dad. And, you know, we all fall short of the glory of God, right? We, we're not Amen. perfect. And we, we have ways about us that, you know, kind of, affect how we interact with our kids uh, from how what we saw growing up is how we parent now right right and so I was like okay knowing our dad who like who who do you look to as an example of like a good father like who would that be and then I don't, I don't know what his you asked him that? Yeah, I asked him. Oh, wow. Like, who's, okay. your, who's your example? Because, you know, kind of going back to the Bible, uh, I think there's this verse that says that, was it Jesus? Uh, could only, the son could only, the son could only do what he sees the father doing. Right. So pretty yes. much the father yes. sets the example for the, it's in the gospel. for the behaviors of the son or any other right. siblings, right? Right. And so, again, asking him that question, like, okay, well, who do you look to as an example? It kind of made me reflect on how we need that example of God as our father because, you know, with us being parents now, with us being fathers now, like, we need to love our children the way that God loved us. And if we're not surrounding ourselves with that example, the, where are we getting it from? Then I, then I think at that point we pull from like our feelings, like, well, this is what I feel. Like I feel like I'm not going to discipline my kid because 
I feel that's kind of harsh, so I'm just not going to discipline them at all, and I'll just let them kind of run free and figure things out. And uh, someone brought up recently, well, you know, discipline is good. You know, God in the Old Testament, like he was very, uh, like a disciplinarian. Yeah, yeah. And then Jesus is in the New Testament, like it's all about love, right? And so going back to wounds and God as our example, as, as a good father, I have to kind of let go of the thought that I know everything and that I know how to parent. Um, and I have to trust that God is going to reveal to me how to parent my kids. And then it's a matter of just me putting that into action and trusting that he is revealing to me how to be a good parent and not let the wounds that I picked up as a kid in a way affect how I parent my kids now. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent, absolutely. I mean, um, I can relate to that as well. You know, um, just kind of growing up. Um, you know, I kind of really watched um, my mom. She, you know, she was my mom. My mom uh, is a retired registered nurse, so obviously, when I was growing up, she was in the thick of her career in you know, and, and trying to raise her, her family and, um, being the breadwinner of the family, she really, she really like, I mean, she really put herself at the, at the, at the head of, um, of the house. Right. And so, you know, I, I, I watched her and heard her just kind of really like belittle my father and just really speak to him in a very impolite way, not, not really ever show him God's love. Um, just, you know, she felt like she was, she probably, you know, in her own pride was someone that felt like she was, she was like the catch for my dad in that my dad my mom was my dad's third third wife and um and my dad always made it known he had no intentions ever of leaving my mom like she was it like she was the last one for him because she basically had everything that he he wanted and needed and my mom used that as leverage little did i know i would that that would affect me in in such a way where I would bring that type of mentality and mindset into my own marriage when I uh, first married my wife that like, I didn't even realize that this, I mean, this is only in hindsight now that, you know, through God's grace and his eyes and his ears, his Holy spirit that I, I can see that, that that was something that, you know, we call it generational sin for, for Christians, but, um, you know, I brought that into my own marriage and I can definitely say that time did not heal me in terms of, you know, treating my wife better, treating her in, in, a, in a way that was more loving. It, it was just, 
it was only through me being told by my wife that she wanted out that that I finally had a, a moment of humility in, in which I could, you know, change by God's grace. But yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we see things as children and don't realize, well, our parents, right? They don't understand based on where they are in their own faith, but they don't understand like how these, how this behavior, how their, how their actions affect their children. And, you know, we're watching, we, we, you know, it really, it really does something to us internally. And, um, you know, we don't have the capacity, the mental capacity to, to like observe that and be like, Oh no, that's wrong. Like as children, right? Like yeah, we shouldn't we, do that. Yeah. I think we kind of, try to uh, keep it to ourselves and just deal with it on our own because I think I know I would be afraid to ask uh, people outside of my parents like hey like what do you think about this Uh, this is what I'm kind of going through right now but we don't do that and because we don't do that we internalize a lot of the stuff and we just create our own responses and if we're not taught to invite Jesus into those like responses or into those moments like how can we uh you know, deal with it. Like we're going to carry that stuff with us. Like either we're going to carry it on our own or we're going to allow Jesus to carry it with us. Amen. Um, I think a Bible verse that came to mind too was this uh, 2 Chronicles 7, 13 through 14. I think it was pretty popular at the, the early days of this uh, whole thing going on. But it says, if I close heaven so that there is no rain, if I command the locusts to devour the land, if I send pestilence among my people, if then my people upon whom my name has been pronounced humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, I will hear them from heaven and pardon their sins and heal their land. So here, time isn't saying this. God is saying That's this. Right. Exactly. And, and that, you know, that was a, Again, I appreciate um, you sharing that scripture because that you, you're right. That was a very popular scripture that was being shared amongst Christians on even like social media when like we were in the midst of the pandemic, right? And, you know, maybe some people right now that are far from God by their own choice say to themselves, yeah, see, everything is good. Everything's going back to normal now. Like, you know, time just you know we just needed time and everything was going to be okay but you know little do they know like there is a lot of prayer that has gone into this you know you know this this whole process and and the lord really kind of starting to normalize things like i mean there's so many so many of us are you know just christians in general right like praying for the lord to make make you know just heal us of of all this this uh the way that our government was trying to control us and even now you know they still try to talk about vaccinations and stuff like that and masking but you know we god is more powerful than any any government anything made by man and and uh yeah, again, like you said, it's not it's not time that is 
is uh, bringing healing here. It, it's it's only through the, the Lord Jesus' grace that he uh, that he gives us. So I'm feeling moved to bring up like uh, this idea of like generational, um, I don't know if it's generational sin, but just uh, how we right now can affect future generations. Um, I kind of just imagine, um, I don't know, let's just say just a family, right? A husband and wife and kids that say, you know, they're, they give kind of give into the world and they kind of live for the world and they don't live for God. I mean, let's say they claim that they live for God, but their actions show otherwise. And let's say they, they're, they're not going to church anymore. Um, so now the kids kind of look at that and, and from their perspective, oh, okay, we're not going to church. So that means that it's not a priority in our life, but, you know, going to school, uh, getting a job, getting married, that's the priority, but church is not a priority. And let's just use church as an example. Okay, so now you have these kids, you know, kind of growing up and uh, going to college, and then they find somebody and they get married. And now the issue of, like, church comes up, like, okay, I know that I learned from my parents that, church wasn't a priority and so I am not going to be going to church in my marriage or with my family and I'm going to have kids right and we're not going to go to church because we're going to go participate in um, I don't know other activities like sports or hobbies that take up a lot of time on a Sunday than the hour in church right okay now let's say uh that second family now has kids and those kids grow up. They were not taught about God, but they were taught about the ways of the world. And now you look at two generations above and how that generation affected this third generation. And now God is not even acknowledged as part of uh, anything in their lives when God is really a part of everybody's lives, whether people want to see it or not. And I could see how that, in the generation above, that wound of denying uh, Jesus or denying going to church to the kids, how that wounds the, the next generation and the generation after that, because now God is pushed out of the equation. And we could see that in today's society. And I think, you know, I'm feeling move now that I, I want to, I want to break that. Not, not me, but me with the help of the Holy Spirit in cooperation and partnership with the Holy Spirit, allowing him to lead me. Like we can break those wounds. Time's not going to break those wounds, but Jesus is that. And that's where he comes in that, okay, now Lord, how do you want me to, to lead my family? How do you want me to bring you back into our life, right? And that begins the, the healing of the wounds. And then in moving forward now, okay, let's now teach our kids about Jesus and bring them back. Absolutely. I was, praise God, that was well described, you know, how, and it is generational sin because, as Catholics, like if we don't go to mass, that's a sin, a mortal one at that. So, you know, to have, 
have a family not go to mass at all for, you know, however many years. I mean, that's mortal sin committed every single week, right? So absolutely that, that sin is, is getting passed down and, um, you're right. It's only through the grace of God and, and that we can be healed and, and it, and it really is a, a beautiful thing as well that you described at the end of that and that we in this moment now, you and I, anybody that's listening, we have that choice that the Lord is, you know, he's giving us this, he's offering this grace for us to be able to make that decision, to make that choice to, to say, you know what? Yeah. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to allow the Lord to come into my heart and I'm going to allow the Lord to guide me and, and heal me of these wounds. You know, although, you know, I've, you know, my family, my parents, their parents, whatever the case may be, right. Um, have not been attending mass and, 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 you know, most likely there's going to be other sins along, along, um, outside of that, that are being committed in a, in a generational type of way through time, right? Like, um, you know, we, through Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can, can, like you said, kind of almost be like the stopping point where, you know what? Yeah, you know, yeah, just because my parents did it and my grandparents did it, this bad thing, right? This sin against God, like, I don't have to continue that. I don't have to, I can, I can make a better choice here. Like, God is offering me. The grace to be able to through him make things right and 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 then from then on as we choose to live in a way that the lord you know wills us to desires us to now we are creating a different type of legacy in terms of you know what our children do and what their children do you know god willing of course it's all it's all through his grace but at least we're kind of making that step in the right direction for our family and the generations to come to live on, you know, and walk the narrow road. Yeah. And here's a, here's a Bible verse. <clears throat> oh, sorry for that cough. <laughs> I tried to hit the mute button, but I didn't do it in time. He missed. Um, in, in numbers 14, numbers chapter 14, verse 18, uh, I wouldn't. I would never think that this was in the Bible or that this would ever come from God. But now that I've come to read the Bible and see it as the authority, as the Word of God, and it's the truth. Here it is. So this is not me saying it, right? It's uh, me just reading it. Uh, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in kindness, forgiving iniquity and rebellion, yet certainly not declaring the guilty guiltless but punishing children to the third and fourth generation for their parents' iniquity. Pardon then the iniquity of this people in keeping with your great kindness, even as you have forgiven them from Egypt until now. That's pretty uh, aggressive. I mean, punishing children to the third and fourth generation for their parents' iniquity? Man, if that doesn't put fear in us parents, my goodness. I, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I remember listening to that for the first time <laughs> or reading that for the first time when you're around the 
time after my initial conversion and it's that like, blew me away too. Yeah, man. it's like we have a responsibility to our kids that God has blessed us with to lead them to Jesus. Like, man, I don't like this 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 is a scary verse and we talk about how you know, we love our children. You know, I, I love my children so much. I'll, I'll do anything for them. But is. then are we taking them to church? Are we teaching them about Jesus? No, that's what the school does for them. That's what the church does for them. But you can send your kids to, to church. You can send them to a Catholic school, to a Christian school. But the, the primary learning grounds are, the primary school is like within the home. Amen. And if we're not teaching them here in the home, they they're probably already starting off at a disadvantage, and they're 100%. Gonna, and they're going to be seeking other things out there that will fill what they're missing at home, and then that's like another a wound that would uh kind of hurt them, and they'd carry with them for the rest of their lives that time will not heal. But but Jesus will heal that. Yeah, as you. Oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that that you sharing that and that just reminded me. Um, I'm feeling moved to share a conversation that I had yesterday. Um, someone that I never I never met before until yesterday, but um, he's actually his name is Chris. Um, Chris is the director of faith formation at Holy Family Catholic Church. And um, he was sharing some stuff with me about what you're describing. And it's so true. Like the home is where children really, you know, if they're raised in the right type of environment, then they will thrive spiritually. They will thrive in their, in their Catholic faith. And, and because um, he's been in this position for a couple, I don't remember the exact length of time uh, right now, but it's, but he got his like master's um, theology back in, I believe it was 2018. But at any rate, he was um, sharing about the, uh, their parish and what they're doing now and uh, in, in how they're catechizing um, the children and what happens usually in, in most parishes is that, you know, when someone wants to get their first communion, they attend these catechism classes at the parish, at their local parish, um, other parishes call, um, you, you may have heard, if you're a listener, you may have heard it referred to as CCD as well. But, um, most times we, we just have our children go to CCD. They go through these classes, you know, I know for me, I can just say when I was a kid, it was kind of like whatever they share with me during my CCD classes, it was like in one ear out the other. Cause like I wasn't getting any of that like faith formation at home. Um, I was not seeing an example of a family that was living in their faith, uh, living for God, living to glorify God. And um, so anyway, what I was moved to share is that Chris, you know, they, they actually are taking a different approach there for their, you know, for the kids that are attending this parish, for them to receive 
these sacraments, they're actually requiring the parents to go to classes that they're that they're putting on at this parish. And it's it's part of the it's part of the program. Like you cannot their children will not receive the sacraments, whether it be, you know, first communion or um confirmation without the parents. It's a it's he the, the words that Chris used were parent centric. And I was totally blown away by this because I was like, whoa, like if all parishes started doing that, like requiring the parents to come and learn about the faith because he, you know, they've done already studies on this and it's proven. It's like, it's like 90 something percent more effective if the parents are teaching the kids rather than the kids going to a one hour CCD class. And so what Chris shared with me was that the diocese of orange is actually like using them. Holy family is kind of like, they're going to, they're looking at them as to be like the model and they're going to probably roll this out diocese wide for, uh, you know, orange. And I'm like, Whoa, I was just blown away. I was just blown away. I'm like, praise God. Cause like, if that's what like the entire church does, like all, all over the world starts doing this where it's like a parent centric type of thing for their children to receive these sacraments. Oh man, that's a game changer. Like it's just, that's powerful. Like, yeah, you know, you know me as a, as a, as a parent, let's say that I wasn't on my journey yet. And I heard that you wanted me to get involved. I need to learn about my own faith. All right. We got to go find another church. We got to go, find, <laughs> we got to go find another, uh, CCD class at another church that isn't going to make this requirement because, um, I, I don't got time for that. So no, that's true. That's true. There's going to be people like that. Um, but then there's, you know, there's also going to be people that say, oh, oh really? And just kind of like, maybe, you know, initially they yeah. kind of like, what, what, what's this? Like, I've never heard about this before. And, but because the whole, because of the grace that the Holy Spirit gives them, they're like, okay, I'll, I'll just, yeah. you know, I'll just check it out or whatever. And slowly, hopefully by God's grace, again, not time, we're not talking about time here being the one that's like bringing us healing, but just the Lord will hopefully move these parents to actually have softened hearts and and to really take ownership of this responsibility that you were describing i mean that scripture man third third fourth generation i mean that that's some severe stuff like, yeah, <laughs> like you know here here it is in again uh, here it is again in another uh chapter but in the end there's uh there's hope so I'm going to read this, but leave you with, uh, with hope and not just thinking that, oh, God's a punishing God, but uh, it's Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, um, says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, inflicting punishment for their ancestors' wickedness on the children of those who hate me, down to the third and fourth generation." But showing love down to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. Boom. Boom. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. That let's, is, let's, let's just that's repeat that. Right there. Because I, I don't yeah. want to leave the people with, like, no, no hope. Yeah, right? re repeat, like, that. repeat that again. But showing love down to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. So there is hope. 
There is hope in God. There is hope in Jesus. Absolutely. And, and you know, what's key about that scripture too is that notice that the Lord is saying lo- to love him, but also keep his commandments because if we're breaking his commandments, that's not loving God, you know? So if I'm a listener and I was, this was my, this was my situation not too long ago where I, you know, I don't even know what the commandments are. Like, you, you know, so, commandments. Yeah. You know, I did, but, <laughs> but we, we need to, if you're a listener and you don't know what those commandments are, like go learn it, go learn what the commandments are You know, go seek that out. The Lord will give it to you. And then, you know, we, you know, we got to repent. Like once we know what those commandments are, we got to repent of the occasions in which we have broken those commandments, go to confession and be absolved and be, you know, live, live a brand new life under Christ, like with Christ in our hearts. Like, I mean, it is completely possible. Anything is impossible. Anything is possible through God. Nothing is impossible. So, um, just, yeah, I, I love that scripture because it's like in his, in his, in his like, justice right let's call it justice right he's he's inflicting punishment to the third and fourth generations justice yes yes. but in his love oh man if you love god and and you obey his commandments one thousandth generation i mean like that's not even 10 times three or four not a hundred like and that story that i mentioned beforehand that was like three generations and that's normally what we see here in life on this earth that's right. So That's if right. you're thinking about like having an impact or even leaving a legacy like with your family, I mean, it's not about us, but man, wouldn't you want God's love to be poured down to the thousandth generation down from you? That's pretty... how about a how about a legacy of like you know someone third fourth generation down from you saying you know my our great great you know grandfather or grandmother that was the person like they know your story they know your conversion they like and they're sharing it with their own you know families with family within that that current generation like how about that for a legacy that you know somebody made a choice to to put god at number one listen to the holy spirit that's right they made god number one in their life and truly lived that out loved god and obeyed his commandments and like man, the fruit, the fruit that comes from that 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 choice, that that decision. This is not to say like Oliver and, our, and I are not saying that it's going to be easy. It's not easy, right? No, like it's not. And we we hope that you know, you know, you as a listener aren't listening to Oliver and I thinking, oh boy, those guys make it sound like it's easy. No, it's not easy. It's not easy. But but the Lord gives us the grace that we need to walk that moment. narrow road right. that's right in the moment walk in this narrow path so that we can enter the narrow gate you know which leads to heaven and i think that's another yeah. topic too it's like what there's a narrow gate <laughs> but but everybody's yeah, going through the the wide open gate <laughs> yeah that, that wide road looks really fun like they're they're having a blast over there i think uh you know we're in the season of halloween here like they're getting dressed up over there and having a good time. Yeah, so, oh, uh, so in, in wrapping this up, you know, I, you know, we pray that 
Jesus reveal himself to you as the healer and the healer of all wounds and that the idea of time healing all wounds, um, that Jesus just replaces time for you. And we pray that you just trust that, you know, Jesus, that God has a plan for you. And we pray that you are led by the spirit into this, uh, this world, this desert to, um, just find him and be in relationship with him. And, uh, you have anything else to say, John? Jesus loves you. Thank you for listening.